Thank you for joining us today. I have sitting here with me Mandy Richens, who is the current president of the board for the Brigham Tremont Board of Realtors. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the smallest board in the state, which means that a lot of people are wearing a lot of hats. You know, other boards, we've got committees doing and, and then employees doing lots of different things. In the Brigham Tremont board, which I was past, which I'm currently past president of that. So I was president of that board last year. You're the current president. Um, we end up being a little bit more involved sometimes mm -hmm. because there's uh, less hands to do the work. Right. I'll say. So, Mandy, I really appreciate how busy you are and taking time from your busy schedule to join us here today for our podcast. And I want to start with a couple of questions. I usually always start with the first one, the simple one. What led you to get into this industry? Why did you decide to be a real estate agent? What's your story? Well, you know, I was actually in real estate without knowing it for years. And I had an opportunity. A broker came to me and asked if it was something I'd ever considered before becoming a realtor. And I, I said no. And then I actually slept on it and slept on it again. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I thought about it and I thought, well, why not? You know, um, so I put myself through school and and uh, I became a realtor and that's when I learned, hey, I've been doing property management. I've been in real estate for about five or six years at that time. And so that's how I got into the industry was just by an invitation, okay. by someone seeing something in me that I, it had never occurred to me, but he saw something in me and, and asked if, if it was something I'd ever consider. And so that was, that was it. That's what it took. And I don't know the answer to this, but how long have you been in real estate? Uh, since 2015. Okay. Mm -hmm. And have you been with the same company ever since? Or I have. You I've have? With the same brokerage. That's correct, yes. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I'm cool. a loyal person. Good. <laughs> All right. So you've been doing this for about eight years now. And... In the process, when you're a brand new agent starting out, it's really like drinking out of a fire hose, you know? Oh, it's baptism by fire, all right. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot to learn. How would you say that your business has evolved over the years, and what helps you stand out from other real estate agents? What differentiates you? Well, first, I do want to say that um, getting into the industry is... It, there's so many unexpected turns and things that come up. But to have colleagues and um, people you can lean on, turn to, to, ask questions, and continually educating yourself is absolutely key. Um, but what I would say, what makes me stand out? Um, well, I'm a people person. I get along well with people, all sorts of personality types. I just make it a goal. I refuse not to get along with a soul. And whatever, however I can accommodate a person's individuality and their personality, I'll, I'll do that. And I do it successfully. Yeah. Um, I've made awesome friends. Um, but let's see, something else that I do is, well, I connect. Like I said, I connect with people. But I also do, like, staging and things like that um, uh, for clients and... Now, is this like a separate business? I do that also. Sometimes okay. I do it under the umbrella of my contract with my client. Okay. Um, but yes, I, I have been hired out to stage homes for other agents. 
Now, mm -hmm. for those people listening and aren't familiar with that term, what is staging? What is it that you do? So staging a home um, is, is preparing it to sell. I lend, I do a consultation. I essentially lend some advice. I make up a list and I give them some of the basics um, of cleaning up the home from curb appeal all the way to the inside and then decluttering. But then staging is the placement, typically it's the placement of furniture, artwork, things that draw someone in when they come into your home. S things that would make someone feel at home, comfortable, um, for them to envision this home as their home. Yeah. You want them to be able to walk in and say, oh, I can, I can see myself here. And another thing that um, it's really helped with is just simply showing off the sizes of the spaces um, because some people can swear. You know, I've, I've had clients swear, oh, I can't fit a king-size bed in this room. And I've measured and I said, watch me. Yeah. And, and I did just that and it was beautiful beautiful. He could not believe it. He's like, why did I never have a king bed in here? You know? So it's, it's just a really awesome tactic and way to show off the space in the home and to encourage the homeowner to start, you know, packing up some things and, you know, if they're going to be really serious about selling, then yeah, you know, yeah, that's get them on their way. Now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here because I've got an opinion on this and I know that my opinion is not maybe popular, because okay. for so many decades, I've seen agents being trained contrary to what I believe. Okay? okay. But I call it spay and neutering a home. All right. And so we have, yes, this is one Just of those comments that, that I need my shot collar for. Right. Um, but I use this concept because so many agents go out and they talk to their clients about spaying and neutering a home, you know, like take down everything that is personal to you. So all family pictures come down, anything that, that brings this home character so that it's a blank slate. So then people can imagine themselves in this blank slate. And I'm like, I, I've never agreed with that because number one, I've been representing buyers for 20 years and I've never had a buyer walk into a home and see family pictures and be like, Ooh, I, I can't imagine myself here. Mm -hmm. What I've seen them do is they see grandma's wall of pictures and they think, holy crap, when those come down, that's a wall of holes. You know, like I'm going to have to do some work there. That's a, that's a wall of holes. I've seen people think of that, but usually when they look at family pictures, they're looking and they're trying to see who are these people we're buying from? Do they look like mm -hmm. they're people that cared for the home? You know, and, and mm -hmm. they're all making judgments like that, but it's never about, I can't imagine myself here. Right. They're trying to imagine, did these other people, do they look like they're caring people? Like, you know, are, mm -hmm. they, are they the type of people that would maybe hide stuff in a home? You right. know, I, I don't know. That's what I see buyers looking at. And then uh, I also have looked at new homes. And now, I'm going to say one quick thing about the photos. Sometimes if it's, you know, babies or little kids, I have seen people say, you know, I don't want strangers coming and seeing all my little kids. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel weird. Great. I, absolutely. You can pull those down for that reason. That makes sense. But you don't need to depersonalize it so much because then we go into new build homes that are blank slates, but you go into the model home and they're not blank slates. Like I've seen them go so far as to put unfinished puzzles on the kitchen table so mm -hmm. that it feels like, oh, I can have my family here and we could do puzzles. And it helps people start to move in with their mind. Right. And we get the same thing with religious things, you know, like don't have a picture of the temple on the wall and, and remove the Buddha from the corner and, and take the cross off. And 
I've never had anybody be offended by those types of things. And so I've always told sellers, it's your home. Continue to live here. Mm-hmm. Just know that a lot of people are coming through. And if somebody's offended mm-hmm. by that, that's their problem. Right. You know? My So my strategy with that is actually I, I don't go by the book as far as okay. depersonalizing a home. I have a hard time with that as well. I do. I want my clients to still consider their home their home. And it's very important to me that they are comfortable there. Um, what I would basically encourage is simply decluttering. So yeah. if there's a lot of something, I would say minimize it, scale it in a little bit. But I, and I do um, let them know, you know, when I'm interviewing with them, you know, people will be coming through your home, kind of those um, basic things. You want to put away valuables and you just do need to consider people will be seeing what you do have displayed. Right. Um, but no, I've never said take every everything personal down, every family picture or relig- religious picture. In fact, I've actually said what you've said. It's often recommended that you do this, but I'm not going to tell you to do that. That's funny um, that there's so many people out there recommending it, but yeah. some of the best agents I know don't do it. It's almost like we're regurgitating, not when I say we, I mean the other people that don't do it as good as you and I, right? <laughs> but, but it's funny that so many people do just take it for face value, what some old-timer taught a long, mm-hmm. long time mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, and it is an old literature. I have some very old books. Yeah, yeah, and, and yet it carries forward, and I don't think any of it is based in reality. Like, I have mm-hmm. never in 20 years seen a buyer offended at... Mm-mm. The in Buddha fact, in the corner or the or the Christus or whatever it is. Right. I've never seen in fact what by that. my experience with that, you I'm glad you brought that up because I experience more my clients, like buyers, when I take a buyer through a home, they're you know, they wander and, and glance and look. Yeah. And it I think it I've never seen someone be uneasy or have that affect their decision yeah. about the home. In fact, any comment that's ever been made has been um, encouraging, positive. Oh, look how cute they have two dogs. Or, yeah. oh, they just had a baby, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, when it's in passing by, it's not like they're sitting there studying it. But it, it gives them something kind of to look at, to, yeah, kind of gauge how this home was loved. And mm-hmm. what kind of a home it was for this family. Yeah. You know, it helps them appreciate it as a home with this cute family that was here or is trying to sell it this time. Yeah. You know, it, so no, I don't say take everything down. My main focus is to, to minimize, just minimize. Okay. Well, I completely agree with that. (laughs) It's nice to know that I'm in harmony with the board president. Well, (laughs) so good. (laughs) All right. Um, let me ask you this. So you, you've got these extra skill sets of, um, you know, with staging and things like that, that not all realtors share. So that definitely causes you to stand out. But another thing that I think has definitely, at least from my interactions with you and serving in the board with you, is you're very involved. Yeah. And there is a difference between, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but there's a difference between a realtor and a real estate agent. And a real estate agent is somebody that's licensed to work in the state, but they're not a member of the board of realtors. And when you're a member of the board of realtors, there's a few other things that apply. You have a code of ethics, and this is national. So you have a code of ethics that elevates the expectations of you, that you're just working at a higher level. You know, mm-hmm. It's not just the minimum of what does the law allow me to do or not do. We've got some 
extra ways of treating people that make it a better experience for everyone. But most agents are realtors, you know, but they're still not all involved. Right. So tell me about the difference of being involved. Why is that important from where you're sitting, especially where the last few years you're, you've been in leadership positions with the board? Mm -hmm. How has that stood out to you? Well, I, you know, the first thing that I um, think about is, well, one, your reputation. <clears throat> you know, you, you want to be known um, as someone who is involved and someone who uh, thinks of the greater good and wants to do what's in the best interest of everybody involved in the board and the community. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right, it does. It's, it's like taking it a notch up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I have enjoyed my relationships, my friendships, um, and it has helped me understand and appreciate the work and the dedication that goes into running a, a board. Um, so just to have a, s some sense of gratitude in this business is, is essential in any business. Um, but there is a big difference I, I, between an agent and a realtor. Uh, but getting involved is, I think, key to taking this as a serious profession and something to have pride in. Um, I, it's totally worth it, though. Um, it, you know, helps you even get involved with people in the community, the politicians, um, you know, leadership in other ways. Um, I mean, I've built friendships I never thought I would with, you know, from the paper to the city yeah. council to, you know, things like that. Now, has, it, has being involved helped you... I know that we've got members of the public and uh, and real estate agents both listening to this. Um, has being involved helped you in your business? Absolutely. I, I know that you've like been involved with the government affairs government affairs committee mm -hmm. over the last few years, and you've been kind of a shining example. I mean, the mm -hmm. smallest board in the state, and I'm getting asked by I'm in six different boards, and I get asked by these other boards of, of massive boards, like, hey, what are you guys doing over there in Brigham? Because we've heard some amazing things, mm -hmm. um, specifically with water, which is a big issue in a rural community, mm -hmm. some of the work that you've been doing there. Have you found that being involved like that has actually helped your bottom line? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I've gotten referrals um, from people that just have heard about me from being involved and going to those the, the meetings um, that we had set up. Yeah. Um, and you just rub shoulders with, with people and your name gets out there. And yes, I, it has actually increased my business. Um, but my, I guess what I gain more from it is the, in, the increase of the relationships that I get to build with people. Cause I really do. I love my relationships. Mm -hmm. And this is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. It really is. In the end people are hiring you. In fact, the statistics show that over 80% of people, this is the latest one that I saw, over 80% of people want to work with somebody that they already know and trust. Because we live in a world where fraud is just so rampant. You know, you can't click on a text, you can't mm -hmm. click on an email, um, you get friended by people that you don't know, or, or even sometimes you do know them, but you're like, I swear I was already their friend. And it's somebody else that has copied their account and is, you know, 
And, you know, we, we've got major issues today with um, wire fraud. You know, this is new in the last few years, mm -hmm. but it is now the number one thing on the watch list for the FBI. Over $2.4 billion, I believe, is what we saw at the NAR um, meeting down in Florida. $2.4 billion of fraud based on uh, business email compromise, which is a lot of how that happens. And so when, when you're in a business where people want to know and trust the person that they're working with, that's relationships. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. And there are a lot of people, I think, out there, people with a lot of money, that would say, you know what, if we could get rid of realtors and automate this and put it online, we could make so much more money. But if you get rid of realtors, then what over 80% of the, of the populace is saying is we want to work with somebody that we know and trust. Right. They lose that. Who has your back yeah. if you do that? Yeah. We're it, here to protect our clients and to uh, educate them. Oh. And, and it's way more than can I go online and, you know, and, show a, and have a computer show me how to fill out a form. It's somebody sitting down and listening to me mm -hmm. so that they know what forms maybe will be there that solve my problems. Right. You know? And not just how do I fill it out, but how do I sit down with them and 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 understand uh, it and, and understand There's... what their needs are, the timing in the marketplace and timing the sell with their purchase. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Those relationships is really what this business is about. That's where the value comes in, and that's where the continued business comes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I could not put a single bill, billboard up or a car, give a card out, and I'm confident that I, you know, I've just built relationships, and they just continue when they branch out it's like a spider web yeah now i'm going to put you on the spot here because this isn't this isn't something that we had talked about beforehand but last week you were speaking of being involved you were you, you traveled back to washington dc mm -hmm. right and you were there for the national association of realtors uh, legislative session mm -hmm. right so we go we go back there and uh and we get involved what is one thing that stood out to you about being involved on a national level. Was there anything eye-opening about that? One word, pride. And I, I'm not a prideful person, but it felt really good and important and something I can write home about. You know, it it our industry is so important. We are the biggest association that even lobbies and you know, pushes for private property rights and that protect the consumers of, of America, of the world, really, because, yeah. um, but we're the only association that we fund, you know, we, we fund ourselves completely and we lobby and we make sure people's rights are protected in that sense. And I, I there's a, anyway, that just feels really good to be a part of that. And what I, the other thing that I also get from that is I can share that with clients. Be, and why? I have no idea. I had no idea the first several years I was a realtor that it was that deep, that involved, um, that any board or association was you know, involved to that level until I got into leadership. And like I said, you get a whole new level of appreciation for what – realtors across the country and in leadership have done to protect everybody, yeah. all the citizens. It's that's, amazing. That's the thing that really stood out to me is that we're not there to protect just our trade, no. just our business. 
like the core of what we're protecting is home ownership rights for yes. everybody. Yes. And yes, the byproduct of that is it protects our industry because helping people be able to buy and sell freely without a whole bunch of government restraints, without extra fees imposed by the government, all of that stuff does help our industry, but primarily it helps the public. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot of work that goes on. In fact, um, you don't know this, but this morning I got a text from Kenny Parcell. He's oh. the NAR president. Love and he texted me at 5.45 a.m. So he's already, He'd been, already up been up for two, an hour and a half. For almost three hours. Three he hours. gets up like at three. Yeah, three. Right? Okay. So yep. he texted me at 5.45 a.m. where yesterday he was testifying in Congress. And I put this on my Facebook page. It's on my personal Facebook page. And I shared it with my office. But he's part of a panel testifying before Congress about how important it is that we don't keep adding extra fees from the government on people with their loans, how much that does impact the average everyday person and restricts their ability to buy and sell a home, restricts their ability to be a homeowner. Uh, one of the statistics he mentioned was that historically over 40% of home sales are done with first-time buyers getting their first home. I mean, that is the definition of the American dream. Right. And recently, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was in the 20 percentile is what it is now. And that it, so in the last year, we've gone from 40% almost to hmm. half of what our averages are for first-time homebuyers. It is harder to get a home. No and this is something that we're actively fighting against. And so I really appreciate you in particular, not only just being involved in leadership, but being involved in general. Because not everybody has to be board president to make a difference. You know, right. we th there's lots of different um, committees that people can get involved in. They can serve a little bit. And they can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, they gain a greater appreciation for how many people work mm -hmm. so hard, like Kenny, for example, working so hard to protect everybody. Right. And there's yeah. so many agents that aren't involved that just, you know, they, they, they go about doing their thing and they have no clue. Oh that so much work is being done behind the scenes to protect the average citizen, which in turn protects their ability to earn an income. And so I just wanted to say thank you mm, for welcome. your work in that regard. Um, how did you get started with leadership, by the way? Well, I don't know. Some fella, you know, came and cornered <laughs> me at a picnic. No, um, I, I was. I was approached and asked if um, <clears throat> I would be interested in joining it first started with i joined the um was it government affairs no that wasn't the first one the oh my gosh the community community one. community outreach yes right? the community outreach okay. um committee and i loved that i was on that for several years in fact i still go to the stuff even though i'm not even the liaison yeah for that doesn't surprise that me i go to the turkey <laughs> trot every year um it Anyways, so I was asked first to do that, and then I was also, um, I represented the UAR Hoff and went down and did that a few times um, throughout the year, I think in 2019. And so I've just, uh, ever since I was asked to be involved in a committee was, it was, you know, in the beginning, and then you just, you gain a better idea of um, how, how it's run, um, how simple it can be. You can make anything fun, and I just never wanted to not be involved after that. Yeah. I just wanted to get 
more involved because I really genuinely enjoyed myself. I enjoyed being a part of the board and then I, you know, ran for director and and so then it just kind of started and came to be what it is now. So I guess I so, so if somebody wanted to just kick the tires a little bit and they're listening to this podcast or this interview and they're like, you know what, I, I wonder what that would be like. Is just there anything wrong with just like going in and saying, hey, is there a committee I could serve on? Absolutely not. Nothing wrong with that at and, and, all. And if it feels overwhelming to them, which by the way, it isn't, it's, it's. And many hands make light work. Yeah. So. In, in the high level of, leader, of leadership, mm-hmm. yes, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. But for a committee member, mm-hmm. yeah, anybody can join any committee on their couple hours a month, maybe, right. right? If that, it depends on the committee. Yeah. But really, it's just a matter of, yeah, getting involved and you get to sit there and communicate and talk about topics that are important with other realtors who then become, you know, someone you can rely on, ask a question to, even outside of the committee. Just it really, it's about building those relationships. Yeah. Um, of trust and just it it does increase your your sphere one of the nice side effects about being involved too is that you're involved with other people that are involved yeah and they've done lots of studies in fact i was watching a video this morning that talks about how you are and and there's books that talk about this at all that you are like your five closest friends or whatever but you're like the people that you interact with yeah and the video that I saw this morning is that there is a certain demographic of people that are achievers, right? They see a challenge, and it's not a reason for an excuse. It's not a reason to quit. It's not a reason to complain. It's a challenge. Right. And they find ways, and they overcome it. And their kids watch them, and their kids learn, I can overcome mm-hmm. challenges. And then there's the other group of people, which sadly I think makes up the majority, where it's just a chance to complain. You know, yeah, and we're we're being beaten down, we're being held down, or whatever. But when you're involved with other people that are involved, you grow just by the nature of the people that you're working with, because you see somebody else that is actively engaged in building themselves. Mm-hmm. They're they're stepping outside of the bare minimum of what it takes, and they're growing. And you cannot be affiliated with people like that without experiencing some growth yourself. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Yeah. And just like you said, when, a, you know, something arises, you find a resolution and you get to put your brains together. You get to, you know, brainstorm and talk and it it's invigorating. And when you accomplish, uh, your accomplishment from that can be outstanding. Like with, you know, the Government Affairs Committee last year when they they worked all year to establish these meetings and go through the right sources first. I mean, mm-hmm. they talked to... Um, First, our uh, the yeah is it commissioners? No. Yeah, the county commissioner and uh, some of our legislative body up there first. Okay. Before they um, to to get their feedback, like how yeah. sh- how do you think we should approach this? So there was meeting after meeting after meeting. Then we brought in um, some city officials and even. A water board. Yeah, a lot of the different water boards. Yep, and got their advice. And then we all felt really good about compiling an invitation and getting a venue and making a meeting with all the small water companies. And it was just Um, a huge And I was blown away with it. You guys asked me to come and kind of, 
I don't know what the term was, like be a mediator or whatever on the panel up front. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was almost standing room only. I mean, literally there were, all the seats were filled and then there were people standing up, lining around the whole room. And afterwards, and this was all as work of the Government Affairs Committee. This was realtors Mm -hmm. stepping out of just buying and selling homes. They're getting involved to help solve problems because water is a major issue here in Utah. It's a major issue. And these are people that are getting involved, doing, going above and beyond. And I had so many people at, at the high state levels, because we had people coming in from Salt Lake. Yes, we did. Um, I had people at high state more. levels, people at the water boards, local farmers saying, why haven't we ever done this before? This was so informative, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was great. And again, just huge difference that you can make mm-hmm. being involved a little bit. Um, I've got a last question for you. I like to save this question for last. It's my um, kind of, uh, uh, this one gets me as a trainer, okay. right? As, as somebody that's helping new agents grow. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to new or aspiring real estate agents? Somebody that's maybe just thinking about getting into it or somebody that's brand new to the industry. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to that person? Well, let's see. I would say go into it with the goal of finding joy in it. It's up to you. If you bring joy, if you come away from an experience and it uh, it um, improves you or like you said, when you see a challenge, you can use it as an excuse to complain or you can embrace it. Um, and I, you know, I think that is with everything, but make a goal to see the positive. Because um, when you see the positive, you, you cannot have a negative thought. You can't when you're focused on the positive and what there is to be grateful for. And plan to dedicate yourself. I like that. I like, I like that. Go into it seeking the joy. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is that, and every new agent finds this out very quickly. This is a very hard career. You know, um, if we look at national numbers, um, average income for a real estate agent is below $50,000 for their, you know, and, and those are the averages. There are people that make phenomenal money. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of agents that don't make anything all year long. They don't make a single commission. Um, It is not an easy industry. And people figure that out pretty quickly getting into it. There is Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of challenges. And you get into this with your license. And your license doesn't teach you how to do the business. Mm -mm. So you get into it with almost this, I call it the deer in the headlights look, like, holy cow, I have a license now. And I don't know what to do. There's this mountain of knowledge that I have to learn technology, skills, personal development, personal growth that I have to do if I'm going to be successful. But I love your take on it because I'm, I'm just very down to earth. Like this is the job, go do it. You got to go to work. You know, you got to, and your take on it of go in and find the joy, you know, embrace the joy of that challenge. Like rather than, okay, this is a challenge, go to work. You're like, Hey, a chance for me to grow. This could be fun. And what am I going to learn from this or after an experience? What was I to gain from that? Because there will be hard experiences that definitely do not feel joyful. No, no, right? not at all. But they probably won't repeat themselves either. 
Yeah. So that's the joy in that. Yeah. You have, <laughs> now you know. Yeah, how. they give you an opportunity to grow. Yes. And there is joy in growth. Absolutely. And if you can stick with it for a year, mm-hmm. you'll look back and say, I've grown a lot. And if you stick with it for five years, you're going to look back and say, I don't even recognize the person that I am today compared to who I was five years ago because of the amount of personal growth that's required mm-hmm. to survive in this business. So I appreciate that. That's a great thought. Mm-hmm. So, Mandy, thank you for joining us today. We really well, appreciate your time me. again and all that you do to not just take great care of, of your own clients with the exceptional service that you provide, but to take care of, uh, well, the industry as a whole serving as the board president, but uh, the community as well because of the involvement that you are with the community and and. Yeah, just taking care of everyone. I love it. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I have big shoes to fill. You know, I'm still working on it. We're five months into the year and uh, hopefully I can be half the president you were. Oh, you really, really were phenomenal. I learned a lot from you you. and I appreciate you so much. I don't know what I do if I didn't have you to lean on. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thanks, Mandy. You're welcome.